0: Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co. P-O-D-G-O.co. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo? section of the application. Podmoth. Do you see dead people? Not because you're a Bruce Willis superfan, but because visits with GMA got a little weird after her funeral. Are you often up at 3 a.m. Googling the various ways in which bodies decompose? But you swear it's just harmless research. Are you the first of your friend group to go on a murder tour or rent a haunted location for the night? Then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Identity Podcast. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to another Off Week Weird, brought to you by the Identity Podcast on the PodMoth Media Network, your foray into weird, wonky, and sometimes downright spooky. This week, I revisit the topic of immurement, another topic that was covered way back when I had a co-host, and really deserves to be recorded in the new format. So, Find a comfy arch, and flatten yourself against the wall while I break you in. Don't worry, though. I'll bring some pancakes to slide through the food slot a little bit later. And now, on with the show. If you know anything of the case of the serial killer Elizabeth Bathory, the blood countess of 1610, who believed that the blood of local virgins would keep her young forever, you already know about amirment or the practice of sealing an individual up in a wall or other confined space for a prolonged period of time. Bathory was sealed inside a tower in her castle, and left with only a tiny opening for food, like very flat food. Bathory lasted four years in her prison, but some sentenced to immurement lasted far longer. Some didn't last long at all. Amurement can also be found in literature. Edgar Allan Poe used amurement as a form of punishment several times, but most famously in The Cask of Amontillado. Villain Injun Joe meets an accidental and untimely end in The Adventures of Tom Sawyer when he's immured in a cave. Oscar Wilde wielded amurement like a club in The Canterville Ghost, And several characters in the gothic soap opera Dark Shadows, specifically Barnabas Collins, Collins is a vampire and cannot die, so his punishment is eternal, suffer emirment. Cultural folklore is rife with tales of people being bricked up inside bridges and behind the walls of ancient castles. It was popular to offer a foundation sacrifice, to ensure the longevity of the structure, and to bring good luck to those who would reside within it. In particular, Greek, British, Scandinavian, German, and many other cultures participated in the practice. If it's any consolation, the sacrifices were likely put to death prior to being immured, though we can't be sure. Now, immurement sounds like a cruel and unusual punishment, but there were actually people who elected to be immured, particularly the devout of several religions, including monks, nuns, and priests. In some cases, these devout souls would be bricked up along with a small child, a symbol of innocence and purity. It was not uncommon for nuns to be bricked up for a decade or more with a child companion, generally an orphan, but sometimes willingly given by their parents, who was a gift to the Catholic Church. Both individuals would receive food through a small slot, and would never emerge from the chamber. There are no records of a child surviving immurement. In the 4th century AD, a nun named Alexandria was immured for 10 years. St. Jerome wrote of one devout follower who spent his entire life living in a cistern and surviving on only five figs a day. As much as immurement could be used as a faith-strengthening practice, it was also used in the religious community as a punishment. Priests who were found to have committed pedrasty were sealed in a coffin and suspended inside a tower until they starved. In 1409, four clerics in Bavaria were subject to this form of immurement as church officials felt that the usual punishment, immolation, was too merciful. In the 18th century, the governor of Lebanon, Jazar Pasha, decided to build a wall something both decorative and entertaining, around the city of Beirut. Pasha, known to be a cruel and vengeful man, captured a large number of Greek Christians and ordered that they be built into the structure. Their heads protruded from one side, allowing Pasha to watch as they suffered and starved to death. In 1906, a cobbler from Marrakesh was convicted of murdering 36 women and was walled up for his crimes. His screams were heard for two days after his immurement. On the third day, he fell silent. According to Henry Charles Lee, an American historian, civic reformer, and political activist, quote, The cruelty of the monastic system of imprisonment, known as impache or vede impachem, was such that those subjected to it speedily died in all agonies of despair. In 1350, the Archbishop of Toulouse appeared to King John to interfere for its mitigation, and he issued an ordinance that the superior of the convent should twice a month visit and console the prisoner, who, moreover, should have the right twice a month to ask for the company of one of the monks. Even this slender invitation provoked the bitterest resistance of the Dominicans and Franciscans who appealed to Pope Clement, but in vain. Sir Walter Scott, a Scottish historical novelist, playwright, and poet, notes in a remark in his poem Marmion, 1808, It's well known that the religious who broke their vows of chastity were subjected to the same penalty as the Roman Vestals in a similar case. A small niche sufficient to enclose their bodies was made in the massive wall of a convent. A slender pittance of food and water was deposited in it, and the awful words vade in Pace were the signal for immuring the criminal. It's not likely that, in latter times, this punishment was often resorted to. "...but among the ruins of the Abbey of Coldingham, were some years ago discovered, the remains of a female skeleton which, from the shape of the niche and the position of the figure, seemed to be of that of an immured nun." Quote. In ancient Egypt, it was often the practice to entomb a deceased king or queen, along with those who served them in life, and any pets that they wanted to bring with them into the afterlife. In some cases, these living sacrifices were drugged prior to being immured with their master. In the 14th century, a Mongol Khan was immured with his servants, wives, and several vessels of drink. In others, as was the case of the widows of a great chief in Africa, legs would be broken prior to being immured. In an effort to ensure a fruitful harvest during the Festival of the Sun, the ancient Incas would sacrifice animals and hold celebrations lasting nine days in an effort to thank the gods for providing their bounty. When Christian Spaniards arrived in the 16th century, they attempted to convert the Incas to Catholicism. This was likely due in part to the custom of immuring young women, aged 12 or younger, inside a waterless cistern as a form of sacrifice to the gods. Why would anyone imure a newborn, you ask? Cases of child immurement were often due to the inability to provide for the infant or in order to hide the shame that a child might bring to their parents. Often these children were the offspring of nuns who had become lustful or who had been raped by monks or priests. Children might also be immured if they came from poverty-stricken families. In some cases, the children were left in abandoned places and not actually entombed as they were unable to attempt escape. Now, you've likely seen the episode of The Simpsons, Last Exit to Springfield, where Mr. Burns relates the story of a worker in his grandfather's power plant is found with atoms in his pocket. As he's dragged away, Burns discusses labor unions and Japan's economical and industrial prominence. He then remarks, quote, If only we'd listen to that young man instead of walling him up in the abandoned coke oven. End quote. On the HBO TV series Oz, a preacher, Luke Perry, is walled up by some inmates. He's later found by prison officials. In a 1984 episode of Thomas the Tank Engine, Percy is immured in a tunnel for refusing to leave during a rainstorm. I think it had something to do with him being afraid that he'd ruin his paint job. You have to trust me on that one. On the HBO TV series Game of Thrones, Dorea and Zaro Zohan Daxus are sealed in an empty vault in Daxus' villa, after betraying Daenerys and attempting to steal her dragons. There is definitely a trick to surviving this particular method of torture. Obviously, rationing what little food and water you were given, and finding something to keep yourself from going baddie were givens, but your fate really relied on your keeper, and whether or not the people on the outside would continue to care for you. If they forgot about you completely, you were doomed to spend the remainder of your short life in tune with only spiders and cobwebs to keep you company. Unless you were a nun who was immured with a kid, then the two of you could just play Parcheesi, or whatever, until the food and water ran out. That's it for this week, dear listeners. Tune in next time for more tales of the creepy, weird, and paranormal. Until then, stay spooky. The Identity Podcast is brought to you by host Janine Mercer. The podcast is written, produced, and edited by Janine Mercer, unless otherwise stated, and the music is provided by GarageBand. Find The Odd Pod on Twitter and Instagram at IdentityPod and Facebook as The Identity Podcast. You're welcome to email suggestions for future episodes to theidentitypodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like a transcript of this episode, one will be available at theidentitypodcast.wordpress.com. Please take a moment to leave a five-star review on iTunes, And if you haven't already, please make sure to mash that subscribe button to be sure you're in the know when a new episode drops. Sincerest thanks to all that have promoted the Identity Podcast to their family, friends, and coworkers. Every little bit helps. Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. Hi, this is Daniel Segura, host of the Mustachioed Podcastio. You like mustaches? You like movies? You like sexy chinganos? Well, the Podcastio is the place for you. We are talking legendary mustaches from Charles Bronson to the Great Bird Reynolds to the OG Ice T. Find the Mustachioed Podcastio anywhere you listen to podcasts. That is M-O-U-S-T-A-C-I-O-D Podcastio.